0: The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. Anybody come excited for the word today? Come on, you ready? Yeah? It's going to be good, man. Go ahead and high-five your neighbor that you like the most, said you're looking good today, and turn to your other neighbor and say, you need to work on it. Work on it. Just work on it. You look better last week. Just work on it. It's going to be good. It's going to be good, man. Man, it is truly, truly. I've been, a, uh, I've been a fan from afar, you know, just through Instagram and Facebook, just seeing all the amazing things. And come on, how about that worship, guys? Come on. Is that not amazing? I mean, it's it's incredible and incredible worship. If you can't preach after that, you don't need to be preaching. You know what I'm saying? It's so, 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 so good. And uh, I do want to brag real quick before I dive into the message today. As I got my rib, my boo, my wife over here of 13 years, my wife, Christine. Come on. I just want to, just because, I just want to give her a hand. I, I'm so thankful for her and what she's done. And me and my whole family were here because we actually leave later on today and head over to Arkansas uh, to meet with her family to hang out for a week. And then we're going to drop the kids off for a week, and we're going to go MIA. You know what I'm saying, all right? And so, and uh, she's blessed me. We've been married for 13 years, and uh, we have four kids. And uh, we got a lot of kids, not because we love kids. we got a lot of kids because I love my wife. You know what I'm saying, all right? And so, but, but uh, I think we got a picture of them. There are three girls and a boy. Come on, look at that. Like, he just looks like trouble, right? Come on. And uh, I got three girls and a boy there. At nine, they're nine. This is a little bit over a picture, but nine seven five and three, three daughters. Now you'll know how to pray for a brother. Am I right? Come on. And so they're all here with us and, uh, and they're amazing. And then all, before they put it up there, I have another pick that I want to show you is, uh, it's, I feel like it's a proud parent moment. I'm not quite sure if it is or not, but, uh, but I uh, took my kids to the rodeo in Houston for the first time a couple of months ago. And I talked up this idea of going on a roller coaster for the first time. And then even seen a roller coaster before so I'm like this is an amazing opportunity to terrify them but to also use a lesson for family come on how many agree this is good parenting or bad Maybe so. Okay, and so I just happened to happen to have my phone with me. Just happened to have my phone with me, knowing that going down that first curve on the roller coaster that they have no clue. They're like roller coaster daddy, you know, like getting excited. They have no. So I happened to capture the perfect moment going on their first roller coaster, and I think I caught it pretty well. Look at that! Come on, hey. Oh yeah. So I got to show them fear to teach them fear, right? Come on, good parents. Man, oh man, that's like she's like. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm peeing my pants right now. That's what's, that's what's taking place right there, man. And so, come on, how many love family? Come on, am I right? Come on, it's what it's, it's what it's all about. And uh man, we're in a series called Battles. And if you're if you want to take notes, I want to go ahead and give you a head start. I'm gonna be hanging out in Genesis 17 and Galatians chapter 3. For all my A students and rule followers, uh, you can go ahead and get ahead because I know you're anxious to. But for the rest of my C students, come on, we're my C students in the house. Make some noise, all right? We'll just kind of go with the flow. Go with the flow. And, uh, but we'll be hanging out there. We've been in this series called Battles. Come on, have you enjoyed it, church? Has it been a great series so far? Come on, it's really, really good. And I encourage you to come back and hear Pastor Josh next week. Just an incredible communicator he is uh, to this house. And I know you're super, super thankful for that. And it is an honor today. God has put something on my heart. So we're talking about family, talking about battle, talking about what are, what are we fighting for? And I believe one of the biggest things that God has asked us to fight for is to fight for our family. And to fight for legacy. Can everybody say legacy with me? Say legacy. Legacy. In fact, if you're taking notes, you want to write this at the top of your notes. I want to talk about the fight for legacy. The fight for legacy. Marriage and family are the first two things that God created in this world. But it's also the first two things that the devil attacked. The Bible makes it very clear that the devil's out to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. So he doesn't want your marriage to work and he doesn't want your family to work and some of the greatest battles that we face is fighting for the blessing on our family come on, are you are you with me and so and so I really want to kind of set the tone with this a little bit I usually love to kind of start with a fun story and an inspiring story but I feel led to kind of just go straight in today is that all right Kind of go straight into the word, and I want want to lay some biblical context for you. We'll have a little bit of fun, a little inspiration, and then right at the end, I kind of want to give you some application to what I'm talking about today. Does that sound good? That's like Cliff Notes to where I'm going. How many love Cliff Notes? Come on, somebody. All right, my C student, D student, Cliff Notes, baby. I just want to know we're on the same page, all right? And so uh, it's going to be good today because I want to talk about what is God's example for legacy? What is the example for blessing? How many, how many thankful know that we serve a God who wants to bless not only us, but bless our household and bless our family? Do you believe that? Can I get an amen? All right. Amen. We serve a God who wants to bless us. And not only does he want to bless us, but legacy says he not only wants to bless us, but he wants to bless our children's children. And so there's a blessing that God put into place. And the model of that that we see is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's the definition of Legacy. It's what the order of legacy is. But in life, things get disordered, and God is saying, hey, I'm looking for an Abraham or somebody to bring order back to the blessing. That's kind of where we're going. Let me me kind of set it up, give you some more context, and I promise we're going to have fun today. All right, y'all with me? Can I get it? Yeah. Okay, all right. Some of y'all got the high pitch. Okay, here we go. All right, Genesis 12.2 says this. It says, I will make you. He's talking to Abraham here. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you and make you. Notice it's the second time it said the word make you. And I will make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. Here's the question I think we need to ask ourselves today is what is God making you into? He, He says make you twice. God, what are you making me into? God, where do I fit? And building legacy for my family. And not only just for me, but for my children's children. Because legacy just isn't about us. But legacy is about building something for people around us and those coming behind us. Are you, are you with me? Everything that we're doing is not just for self. That's called pride. What we're building is something for our children's children. And I'm going to lay this out a little bit. And Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In other words, Abraham laid the foundation He was a trailblazer. He worked hard. He went alone. But he built something that Isaac and Jacob can walk into. In other words, with every generation, it should be easier for the father that went before you and built it. Are y'all following me so far? And the question is, though, is that there is disorder. There are families that are dysfunction. There are certain things that some people, and here's what I'm going with today, that God is asking, will you be the Abraham to bring order back to place? And bring legacy back into order. So that's what I want to talk about. You gotta fight the battle for family. Amen. On that? How many agree, man? It's worth fighting for our family. Amen. All right. Oh, it's gonna it's gonna be good. Let me pray and we'll go. Jesus, do your thing. Amen. Okay, here we go you All right. Y'all ready? Come on, how many like fast prayers? All right, y'all. Especially when you eating. Anybody sat down with somebody, they pray like 10 minutes like, say amen already. It's blessed. A half a second in fast food, fast prayers. Amen. Come on, all right. And so Here's what we got to understand is that God created this physical and this spiritual bloodline for for families. And God called a man by the name of Abraham to make that happen. Now, let me give you a little bit of context. This might be redundant for some of you if you grew up in church. But just in case you maybe didn't grow up in church, you need to know a little bit of this. As we know, in the beginning, right, God created the heavens and the earth, and he created Adam, and he created Eve. But they sinned and they fell, and the sin nature, a curse, fell on the land. Are y'all following me so far? Yeah, all right. Out of that, things became out of disorder. God created order, a blessing, but it got out of disorder. And then what happens is God calls a man, he said, I want to bless my children. I want things to happen. So he calls a man by the name of Noah. And he said, I'm going to reset the earth. I'm going to try to bring blessing back to the earth because that's what I wanted. There's the sign of the rainbow. He promised that he would never mess with it again. But then eight people said yes to build an ark and to try to reset the blessing in the family. But then sadly enough, we see that there became disorder in Noah's family. Noah actually became a drunkard. Some of his sons made fun of him. Some of his sons honored him and took care of him. And God is like, this isn't what I wanted. I I wanted to bless my children. I wanted them to bless their children. I need somebody. And that's where we pick up in Genesis 17, where God is saying, Abraham, will you be the one that helps me create a blessing from generation to generation. Will you build something for your children's children? Legacy began with Abraham. And I want to show this to you right here. Genesis 17 verse 4 and 7 through 9. Here's what it says. This is my covenant with you. Talking to Abraham. I will make you. There's those two words again. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations, I will conform, uh, confirm my covenant with you and your descendants after you from what does it say? Help me out, church. From generation to church. your children's children. Do you see it? And then he goes on to say, This is my everlasting covenant. That's good news to me. Everlasting. That lets me know that what God wants to do in me isn't just for me. But it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what he did back then is available for us today. Come on, all right? Are you with me? And for my children. He says, I will always be your God, and I'll be the God of the descendants after you. And I will give the entire land of Canaan. In other words, he's saying, I will give you what's in your heart's desire. He said, where you now live as a foreigner to you and your descendants, it will be their possession forever, and I will be their God. It sounds amazing, right? But verse 9, what does it say? Then God said to Abraham, it is your responsibility to obey the terms of this covenant. God is saying, I want to bless you, Abraham. I got you. We family. You know, I believe God's like the original Godfather. He's like, I got you. We family. You got this? It's like, I want to bless you. But Abraham, it's your responsibility to make it happen. And then we go on to see, so what, what is this? So in that moment, God put a generational, a physical, and a spiritual bloodline of blessing on Abraham and saying, hey, with you, I'm going to start something new in this world. And I don't only want to bless you, but I want you to be able to have the opportunity to bless your children's children. And so in that, so what is the blessing? How do we know this even works? What what you're talking about, Brandon, like how is this even real? Well, how we know it is because you can't help but deny, in the beginning, with Abraham started the Jewish race. And can I tell you, even though they're far from perfect, so are we, right? And not all of them believe that Jesus is the true Messiah. Man, can I tell you, there's no doubt God's hand is on the Jewish race. You see it all throughout. And they make up two-tenths of the 1% of the world's population, and yet over 20, 22% of them have won Nobel Prizes, and they lead in different industries. How many would agree God's hand is on that race? Are, are you with me? All right, The descendant. But some of you think about, I'm not a Jewish descent, so how about me, B? I think that's a good question. I'm not saying, hey, here's all the blessing over here. But, you know, it kind of can be over here. Here's all the blessing, right? It's, no, no. What about us? Well, I think God answers that. Because here's like, man, man, I didn't just come for this group of people. I just needed Abraham to start something. But in John three sixteen, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So if he loves the world and wants to bless the world, what's the answer to that? The son, the cross. And this is the exciting thing about what the cross did for you and did for me. How many, uh, just already, how many are thankful for Jesus and the cross and because of what he did, he's got way more grace than we got problems. Come on, somebody, all right? Come on, it's a good deal. Look, check it out in Galatians chapter three. We're still laying the foundation here, all right? Painting the framework, we're gonna paint in the picture. Galatians three, verse 13 and 14 says this. But Christ, which is Jesus, has rescued us from the curse. What do we Remember what we said, because Adam and Eve fell, it was a curse on the land. Because of the cross, Jesus saved us from that. And it was pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took it upon himself. This is the beauty why I love Jesus. He took it upon himself, the curse of our wrongdoings. He took on all our shame. He took on all our sin. He said, I'm going to take all the pain so that you don't have to walk in pain. Can I get an amen, on that? Come on, all right. And he goes on to say, for it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed, check it out, he has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing that he promised Abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. And you might be thinking, what does this mean to me? Well, if you don't fall under Jewish descent, the rest of us fall under the Gentile population. Are you with me? So this immediately, because of the cross, lets us know that we fit into this blessing that God is offering us. So why did Jesus die on the cross? Did he die on the cross uh, to save our sin? Yes, but that's not all. Did Jesus die on the cross to take away our shame? Yes, but that's not all. Did Jesus Christ die on the cross? to take away our sin, and to take away our shame, yes. But he also came to die on the cross to shed his blood, to let us know that if there is disorder in your family, if there is disorder in your life, the blessing that he put on Abraham because of the cross is the same blessing that is available for you and for me today, for your household and your family. And God is saying, I want to bless. Legacy is available to you because of the cross. Come on, is that a good place? Come on, amen, all right. Are you with me? I'm thankful because of the cross. So now, all right, I'm, I'm trying to lay this all out to you. What, what is the blessing? It's like, man, God will bless you. You won't bless you. What is it? I think that's good. I, I kind of have to think this way because I'm not too bright. You know what I'm saying? All right, Genesis 24, verse 1. It says this, now Abraham was old and advanced in his age. Come on, do I got any older folk in the house? Come on, make sure If you're rocking gray, you remember back in the day. Come on, all right, come on, where you at? All right. He was going to say, now Abraham was old, well advanced in age, which is called wisdom, right? Come on. And the Lord, hey, hey. And the Lord blessed Abraham in what? All, shout that out, all things. So why did Jesus die on the cross? He didn't die so that we can kind of be blessed. He didn't die so that we can mostly be blessed. But man, Jesus died on the cross so you can be blessed in all things, in your marriage, in your house, in your family, your children, children. How many thankful for all things, right? And I wish I had the time to really just break it all down to you on the different moments in the Bible, which what I'm talking about is evident. But can I just show you one in the scripture? Y'all with me? All right. Can I just show you one in Deuteronomy? I know I'm throwing a lot of scripture out to you, but I'm trying to lay this out because I promise we're going somewhere. Everybody following along? All right. Here we go. Here we go. Deuteronomy 28, verse 12 and 13. This is just proof of the blessing again that started with Abraham. It says this. It's in a promise. It says, the Lord will open up his heavenly storehouse. Come on. So that the skies send rain on your land. What is your land? Your land is your house. Your land is your family. Your land is your children. Your land is your, your, your land is whatever's in your heart's desire to get right that might be out of order. He said, at the right time. And here he will bless everything you do, like we just read. He says, you will lend to other nations, but you will not need to borrow from them. And then let verse 13 just be something that speaks over your life. It says what? The Lord will make you like the head and not the tail, right? Be on the top and not the But no, but you. Uh-oh. Anybody else hate when the Bible says but you? Come on, come on. Anybody have a scripture that you don't like? Okay, nobody's being honest in church. That's cool, all right, all right. It's like, man, we just like, but you, and I did like you'll be the head and not the tail. You'll be the bottom, not beneath. It's like, Jesus, Jesus, bless, bless, but you. Amen. Like, hold on, like what? Notice what it says. It says, but you must obey the commands that the Lord your God that I'm giving you today, being careful to keep them. Amen. Abraham. I want to bless you. I want to bless your family. I want to create legacy with you. But you got to take some responsibility to do this. Take responsibility. You got to choose to obey what God is saying today. God is saying, man, man, he wants to bless you. I don't know anybody's story here today. I don't know what your background is. I don't know what you walked in here with. But I just know that the same God that saved me, the same God that saved Abraham, is the same God that wants to be available for you today. He's just looking, will there be somebody in here to say yes to the responsibility and shift legacy back in place for your family? Who will be the Abraham to bring things back into order? When I think about this, I can't help but think about just what I believe is one of the greatest callings. But also one of the scariest callings of life. And that's the call to be a father and a mother, to be a parent. Come on. How many parents? Just wave your hand at me. Come on. Parents in the house. You know what I'm talking about? How many thankful? Like, but at the same time, it's the hardest thing ever. Come on. Am I right? It's just like, it's just like crazy. It it don't make sense. I mean, it's amazing. Marriage and family, I think, are the two hardest things in the world. And even though the Bible says in Ephesians 5, it gives us the game plan for marriage, right at the end, it says, it's a great mystery. Thanks, jesus huh it, it don't make sense right and then it goes on to say honor your mother honor your father and children are a blessing from the lord they ain't today come on am i right parents right it's like man they a blessing no i promise you out of my four kids one out of the floor ain't a blessing today er, er, er Day. come on somebody say er Day. come on every day Man, this is a challenging verse jesus like realm Romans 12 now, clean to what is good, what is not good. I don't like that one. Sometimes we got to remind, man, the Bible, the Bible even said, train up a child in the way they should go. Well, which way is that? <laughs> I don't help. It's a great mystery. Go this way. Jesus. It don't make sense, right? Like, it, it's, it's a Man, parenting is hard. They don't tell you when you got daughters. and Dads with daughters in the house. Come on, let me where you at. They don't tell you if your dog wants to come home. And she says, I really like this guy. He loves Jesus. You know, it's like I want to date him. And like, oh, we finish each other's sentences. You know, it's like, it's like, man, they're the one. You're thinking to yourself, they ain't the one. <laughs> like, where's the Bible scripture for that? What do you do, trust your daughter? Be like, no, you feel the Holy Spirit. I got the Holy Spirit and K-Spirit over here. And we feel on a strong note. <laughs> come on, come on. Come on, dad. Are you, I like... It's like, man, man, some people ask me, like, I made a decision with three daughters that every birthday I'm going to buy a new gun. Come on, some people like, Pastor, you don't believe in gun control? Yeah, whatever gun's going to help me control that idiot trying to date my daughter. That's what I'm talking about, right? Come on, dads with daughters. And so, and so it's like, the Bible will help you out with that. I mean, the Bible will help you out when your teenager comes up to you and be like, all of a sudden, they know more about life than you do. Okay, so it's hitting somebody hard right here. If you're a teenager in here, like, that's not me. Probably so. And so, but no, it's like. But but we're thinking we're thinking about this. Children are a blessing from the Lord, right? Not, not really. Sometimes we gotta remind them. Don't forget, we brought you into this world, and don't forget, we can take you out, right? Come on, all right? Train up a child in the way they should go. But which way is that? You know, I used to think God was leaving us with a cliffhanger, and like, man, figure it out on your own. Until it hit me one day that this relates exactly to Abraham. He told Abraham, go. Where well, you want me to go, God? It don't oh, matter. Just go. What well, somebody said, God said, hey, leave Oklahoma City. Just go. Where, Jesus? I don't know. How many have a hard time doing that? It's like, it's like oh, man, go. And it hit me. I was like, man, this is it. He went and he worked the ground harder. I mean, it was harder for him. It was, he was a land of foundation. It was lonely a little bit. And then it just hit me one day, train up a child in the way they should go. The reason why Isaac and Jacob were able to fall in the footsteps of their father is because the only way to train up a child in the way they should go is when you model the way that you should go. In other words, it's easy to walk in the tracks of somebody else, but it's hard to create the tracks. But the reason why Isaac and Jacob walked into a blessing is because Abraham was willing to go before them and create some footsteps that their children were able to follow in the steps of Father Abraham. Are are, are y'all seeing this? So thank God he chose to say yes to the call. Thank God for that. And the best way I know how to describe that is is, uh, Josh did so kindly just honor my family and honoring my father. And my father was just was a hero of mine not only did he play he played professional sports football for over 10 years and was a stud athlete like I want to be just like the guy but about a few years into that he he radically found Jesus and uh, and then for over 30 years 32 years now he's been doing prison ministry full time traveling the nation traveling the world loving all men and women I mean it was hard to be faithful to anything for a week uh, especially that diet come on somebody all right it's like Especially when that Krispy Kreme Red Hot sign is flashing, woo! Got to pull in, man. And so, how many? That's Jesus, right? Jesus, food and sports—that's how I roll. And so, but hey, hey, hey! Got an amen over the house. But my father, my father, man, for thirty-two years of faithfulness, man, it's just been amazing to watch him and to watch his his love and and his call for people and and I, I love it because he goes in and he lets them know, hey, even though the world has called you. Tagged you with a number. I want you to know your daddy God still knows you by your name. And even though people are throwing you away, God ain't throwing you away. He loves you right where you are, and he wants to help you get to where you're going. Amen on that. That's, that's the heart and soul of what the prison ministry is all about. And I love him to death for it. He's, he's my hero in that. But part of the story that a lot of people don't know is that at a young age, he came from a very abusive home. He came from a home where every single day he was beaten. He's been tied to a tree, whipped with a bullwhip by his father, beating the, head, beating the head with a bat and a hammer. Grew up with a father who never told him he loved him. He grew in a household where marriage was in disorder, his family was in disorder, chaos. He had to live away from home. It was all hell on earth in the barber household with my father growing up. And all of a sudden, he goes into college playing college ball, and he's still angry at the world. He'll tell you his drug wasn't wasn't alcohol or His drug was anger, just the rage of all that God. He grew up in just such chaos and disorder. But the reason why I'm standing here today getting to do what I get to do is because about three years in the league, when he's about 26 years old, he realized all of a sudden my upbringing doesn't have to be my becoming. And all of a sudden, he realized he encountered a man by the name of Jesus, and he realized that because he encountered Jesus, even though I had disorder in my family, thank God he realized I can be the Abraham for my family, and I can bring order back into the place, and my family can love Jesus, and my kids can love Jesus, and if you don't know, this is a good place to say amen, all right? Come on, God has brought something into order. And so when I say, I love you, Dad, and every time we talk on the phone, we say, I love you. I don't just say, I love you, because I love the man. I say I love you because I love the Jesus inside the man. And my, the reason why I love Jesus and the reason why I love people is because I had a man that showed me the way to go. He decided that disorder will not control me, but I'll be the Abraham to bring order back into place. And he loves God and he loves people and I love God and I love people. Because one man decided to say I'm going to bring legacy back into place. And that's not even the best part of the story. Best part of the story, I preached just a few weeks ago at our church. And my daughter, my five-year-old daughter, came up to me, Raina, the one that was peeing her pants in the the thing, right? And she she, she, said, Daddy, Daddy, I'm so excited for church today. And I said, it's working, baby. My dad said yes to Jesus. I love Jesus. Now my kids love Jesus. Do you see the legacy happening? And every single week, my kids get to walk in. They get to walk into our church and see their mom and dad loving on Jesus. And they get to see their poppy loving on Jesus. And I thank God I wouldn't have what I have if I didn't have a man who could have easily say yes to the disorder in his family's footsteps, but decided to get up. He had to work a little bit harder, but so did Abraham. He had to live a little bit lonely, but so did Abraham. But thank God he said yes to the call. And he decided to be the Abraham for his family, and it changed my life, and it changed my children's life, and he reset legacy. He fought, and he battled for the good that God can bring back into place. Come on, amen. Come on, are you with me? I apologize if I'm a little passionate about this, but then I don't apologize because I believe it's something that we have to fight for. We have to believe for because every, God wants every family to be blessed. He wants every single one of your children to be blessed. And when I think about this, this is why God said, Abraham, I need somebody. Somebody start some traction here. Because if every generation has to start over, we've missed the the beauty of blessing with families. He said, I just need somebody to say, will you be it? The, The culture of the world, God wasn't happy with. He said, well, somebody help me change things. I've learned about culture. You can't create culture. You have to be culture. God said, Abraham, will you be that? And I think God wants to ask every person in this room today, where in your life is God asking you to be the Abraham to bring order back to disorder? To fight for the battle of legacy in your life. Who? God, God, his blessing has never changed. He's the same as I already said yesterday, today, and forever. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. So how many would agree and believe that if God did it, then how many know He can do it today for you? Yeah, amen. He can do it today for you. So man, so who will become it? Who will become the one that will change everything for your family? And here's what I know, and I don't want to, I don't want to not acknowledge this. Is because I don't, I don't know everybody's background. It's harder for others than it is than it was for me. I'm super thankful. I'm literally walking into Isaac of what my father built. I'm, I'm walking in that. But there's some of you in the room. Here's my whole goal today. My whole goal today is to come in and be like a punching bag. My whole goal today was to maybe bring purpose to the moments where you feel empty or the moments where you're asking God, why is this one area of my life so much harder for me than everybody else? Well, why, why is marriage so much harder for my family than everybody else? Well, why, is, why is my children so much harder than everybody else? Or maybe for you, you didn't have any example. And at a young age, you had to take on everything yourself. And I guarantee you've asked God, God, why is life so much harder for me? You felt lonely. You didn't know why it was happened to you. And can I tell you, can I, just, can I just encourage you today maybe to bring some purpose to the pain? Is It's not that God allowed anything to happen. You can't control who went before you, but you can't control the destiny of what lies ahead of you. And God is saying, hey, hey, man, it's not me doing it. It's not me not loving you. But if you feel a little empty and you feel a little lonely, and Abraham did, Abraham knows what it means to struggle in marriage. He knows what it means to struggle in family. He knows what it means to just wait the long haul believe for a promise. And then multiple years later, it happens. But he was laying the groundwork for his children's children. And if you feel lonely in the area, it's not that God doesn't love you. He's just asking you, will you be the one to say yes, to bring legacy and be the Abraham back into your family? It's not that it's not yours to have, but God can use you to make it happen. Are you all hearing me, everybody? Come on. All right, This, this is my heartbeat. And I'm going to start to land this plane here as we close out. Because there's three things that you got to understand to be the Abraham in your family to fight for legacy, to battle for legacy. Number one is this, number one is this, is you gotta say yes to the call. God said, Abraham, will you be the one? And he said, yes, God, I will do it. You gotta say yes to the call. And right now, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit is moving on people's hearts asking, where in my life do I need to be the Abraham? But just to give you some examples, the great thing about Abraham, is he said yes to the call. In other words, if you're the first to get saved in your family, decide today that you're not going to be the last. Decide today. If Jesus changed your life, this is what my father did. He was the first to get saved in his family. If you're the first to get saved, decide today. You're not going to stop what it takes. You're going to be committed to church. You're going to be faithful to church. You're not going to just check in and check out, but you're going to get all that church has to offer. You're going to tell your brother about it. You're going to tell your sister about it. You're going to tell your crazy cousin that you, that you avoid every single Christmas about, this, about Jesus. Decide today that something is going to change in your family. I'm going to be different. If you came from a family of broken marriages, don't let that scare you away from marriage. But just say, you know what? Decide today that God is gonna use you to bring healthy marriage back to your family. And let me tell you, man, this, this, even for my kids, my kids are young, all nine and under. And my three daughters, they're talking about getting married someday and getting pregnant. And that is kind of weird, but it's kind of cool. At the same time, somebody, because we are far from perfect, I promise you that. But we, we decided we're gonna show what healthy marriage is to our family. Decide, if you come from a family, man, man don't let it scare you. God's blessing for marriage, his calling for marriage, his game plan for marriage has never changed who will be the Abraham to show healthy marriage and bring it back into place. You came from a family of addiction, a family of pain, and it's kind of hit you from generation to generation. Your parents were alcoholics, your parents were addicts, your family was, and you found it trickling into you, and you terrified that your children, can I say, decide today that you're going to be the last. Decide today that God is going to set you free and you're going to live a life in a way to where nobody finds that lifestyle coming behind you. You have to say yes to the call. Maybe you came from a household of broken promises, broken dreams. Decide today you're going to be one that lives a life of honesty and integrity. You've seen finances misused and abused. Be the one today to do it right. Be a giver, be a tither, live a life of generosity, get things in order. If you came from a household of small thinking, small-minded, small dreamer, decide today, you know what, I'm going to be a big dreamer because I serve a big God who matches my big faith, and he wants to do big things, and he wants to do great things in me. Decide today, will you answer the call to be the Abraham for your life and for your family? Maybe your father wasn't there. Be the father that's always going to be there. Always be present always be present. My father, I had no idea till I got older, but I had no idea my little Pop Warner Pee Wee games. He'd be at a prison over four hours away. He, he would literally get up early in the morning, drive in to watch a 20-minute little Pee Wee Pop Warner game. Just enough for me to see him on the sideline, wave and be like, Dad's here! And then he hit the road and drive back and do ministry. Well, my father was always there because he decided to be different. He's going to reset the legacy and bring order back into our family. Man, who's going to be the one that changes things? And the second thing is you got to live a lifestyle of sacrifice. Abraham lived a lifestyle of sacrifice. It was hard. It wasn't easy. Can I tell you? He set the tone for his children's children. Even King David. King David, this is what I love about King David. King David built, he built a, uh, a house with a vision. But he never built it. Solomon built it. Are you okay building something that your friends and your family will never walk into? We see it all throughout scripture, a lifestyle of sacrifice where God is saying, Hey, who will be the one to be the Abraham? We even see it. We even see it with, with Joseph and the coat of many colors, right? The family was out of disorder. And God said, Hey, will you be the one to bring order back into place? King David, his family was in, he had a father that was there, but not really there. A father who uh, loved work over home. And God said, hey, will you be the one, David, to be the Abraham to bring order back into your family? It became very passionate. And ladies, can I tell you, the same goes for you. This isn't just a guy thing. But when I think about about John chapter 4, and I think about the lady at the well, anybody know that story, right? The lady at the well, the Bible says she came out to meet Jesus. She encountered Jesus, and she ran back, and she saved her entire village. And if she came from the village, that lets me know that her family was in that village. So when she said yes to Jesus, because of her decision, she came from a background of disorder, family dysfunction. Because of her, not only did she get saved, but she brought her legacy back into order and her whole family got saved. Come on. Think about Esther. God said, I just need one to go to the king. Will you be the one? Ladies, can I tell you, I don't know anybody's story, but maybe you come from a background, maybe you're widowed, divorced, you're a single mother, or anything, can I tell you, you don't have to wait on somebody, you can be that somebody, you are just as called, you are just as anointed, you are just as feeling, come on, God can use you. The lifestyle of sacrifice, will you be the one? And I'll never forget for me, um, I'll never forget asking, I was hanging out at a radio station with my father. Somebody asked him this question, Mike, why do you think, why do you think God called you to do prison ministry? I never heard anybody ask him that before. He said, I think God called me because he knew I wouldn't quit. That just messed me up. I mean, prison ministry is hard. And believing God is supply, I mean, you can go you can go to a prison try to take up an offering, it ain't gonna work too well. Living by faith, man, year after year. He was my hero. And he said, I think God called me because he knew I wouldn't quit. It was a sacrifice he was willing to build. I'm the Isaac of what he built. I literally walk into the prison ministry, grab the mic, and I step on the stage that my father built. I was asking myself, God, where, where is this fit for me? I'm just sharing my story, not to get you to love my story or anything like that, but just so you know that I relate. I'm not just preaching something I don't relate to. I'm asking God, man, where where does this fit for me? Where does this fit for me? And I was starting to think over my life. I had a great father. Things were good. I'm really running kind of the Isaac role of everything. Then one day I just realized that the one thing that we saw kind of just all over the place growing up that we were never grounded in, it wasn't my parents' fault. They were just trying to search for it. But we weren't grounded in just a, a church that we just fell in love. We traveled all over we in Louisiana, we were in Cali, we were all over the place, and we never found. Even, it even drove me to the place where I actually hated the local church. It was in that moment where I heard the Lord said, "That's where I've called you to be the Abraham." I was like, "Whoa, God!" I mean, I mean, remember I felt God just come slap you in the face, and then slap you again, but it's a good slap. It's like that. That's it. And I realized the one area in my life that I didn't really see health, God called me to plant a local church. And can I tell you, it's been the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And I know these guys, come on, am I right? Come on, we can, no, it's the hard, But the reason why we did it is because God knew we wouldn't quit. This is not to boast me up at all, but I'm saying there's something, there's a sacrifice because we're built, I'm building something for my children to get excited about. And I'm building something for their children's children. Like where in your life, where do you say God, I need to bring things back into order. It'll be a sacrifice because it's going to be hard. But if you think legacy minded, you're building something for your children's children. How many would agree? It's worth it all. Come on, it's worth it all. And then the third thing is this. I'll wrap up. Is he was dedicated to a life of character. This is um, might be a little strong but I think it needs to be said. I mean this from a full, humble heart. But dedicated life to a character means it's time to start being a boy and start being a man. Time to start being a girl and start being a woman. A real man is a man of God. and A real woman is a woman of God. David and Joseph didn't have time to choose between character and play. God needed them to be the Abraham for their life. If there's some things going on in your life that you know don't match up to the character of God, can I encourage you? Get back to the character of God, of what God's word said. Don't remove a scripture to fit your lifestyle. Put your lifestyle in the middle of scripture, and you watch God begin to bless your life. If your family is worth it all, then you'll do anything for them. You'll battle. You'll fight to bring legacy back into your family. And then this is my last thing. Every pastor has three closes. Come on, somebody. All right for real. This is my last one. Because I had this thought. What if there's people in the room saying, what if I'm the one that brought the disorder? What if I'm the one that made the mistake for my family? Can I just go ahead and say, can I tell you, God can still use you. We still serve a God of second chances. The greatest thing about the grave and the resurrecting king that we save and lets us know that he's the God of second chances. You may feel caught up in shame. You may be hurting, but God can still use you. The greatest example we'll see of this is with Abraham and Lot. Back to Abraham. Lot was not a physical bloodline of Abraham, but he was a spiritual son. And the Bible says God blessed him. Just as much, and Abraham's thinking, God, Jesus, this is working, man. Father, you know, Father Abraham, have any son? Right? It's like, man, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob man, the bloodline of blessing is work. And then Lot got stuck on stupid. Come on, how many have been stuck on stupid? Come on. This is where he chance to elbow your man right there, right? Like, stu- and he went to Sodom and Gomorrah, and he became a notorious sinner. And Abraham's like, God, what is happening here? I thought this was supposed to change things. And he messed up the beauty of the story, you know that God still saved Lot. And then not only that, we find that Paul references him in Corinthians. And he says says that Lot was a righteous man. You know what that tells me? Even though he was a man that made a bad mistake, that brought disorder to his family, God still used him. He's a righteous man. And he brought order back into his family and brought legacy back. And can I tell you, I got a scripture for some of you in here today. If you're caught up in shame, you think I'm the one that made the mistake. Maybe I'm the one that messed up here. Can I give you a scripture today to write down? Are you with me, church? Come on. Can we close strong? Isaiah 61.7, this is for you. Instead of your shame, you will receive double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance, in your legacy, in your family, in your household. And so you inherit the double portion in your land, in your life. And I love this part. And everlasting joy will be yours. Can I get a good amen today? Come on, are you with me? Fight for legacy. I got one minute. I'm going to make this quick. Fight for legacy. Battle for your family. There's an enemy out there and he's out to take your family out. But can I encourage you? Figure out where in your life you need to be the Abraham for your family. Plow the ground. Create some tracks so your family can walk into it. And I'm praying that even if you made some mistakes, don't let that stop you from believing that God can still you with me today? Legacy, legacy. Everybody bow your head and close your eyes. If you're in here today, you're like Brandon. man. maybe you're speaking to me. Because can I tell you, legacy can't happen without first a relationship with Jesus. We, I love to say all the time, Jesus didn't die to be a part of your top three. He died to be number one in your life. And if you're here today with nobody looking around, this is family here, nobody's looking around, you're like, Brandon, there's a time in my life where I used to live for Jesus stronger, and it's time to get back to where that used to be. Or Maybe there's some of you in here today, you're like, I need to give my life to Jesus for the first time. Can I tell you, man, there's no greater way to bring a blessing to your family than modeling the character of a life for Jesus. I want to encourage you it doesn't matter who's in the room it's just you and Jesus on the count of three would you do me the honor to raise your hand and keep it up one, two, three raise it up and keep it up thank you thank you, thank you, thank you Father I just thank you so much today for every single person that is in the room we lift up every marriage we lift up every family member Father we just pray that from today that Holy Spirit you've touched our hearts you've encourage us in a way to where we can just leave here better and stronger than we walked in here today. And Father, I thank you, Father, I speak a blessing over every marriage, over every family here today, that through this house and this church, man, the stories of legacy, they're going to take place. Help us have the passion to fight the battle to build something beyond ourselves and for our children. In Jesus' name we pray.